Ladies and gentlemen, I am Sam Nielsen. Being alongside me today is the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, Tony Khan's voice of reason, Scott, as well as the latest listener to the podcast. He's the man of many numbers, John the Lamp Statman. We are coming to you from Above the Rim, Ship at Studios, premier wrestling podcast covering all things from WWE Worldwide on Monday morning, Turner time. Folks, it's it Halloween. It is Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Um, lots to talk about. We want to. Uh, Halloween has always been a. At times, it's almost gone hand in hand with wrestling. Mm. Um, a lot of memorable events, a lot of memorable, I mean, the characters themselves. So we're going to talk about a, a spooky edition of Above the Ring. <laughs> and you guys yes. are lucky. I, I, uh, I wasn't feeling very oozy this morning, <laughs> so I'm glad I'm glad I'm here now. I feel all right. Day one is H. <laughs> yes, we got we got a, some stuff to go through. Um, it's been a quite a quite eventful couple of weeks, kinda. <laughs> and we have a uh, we have a lot of Halloween stuff to talk about after too. Mm. But we're gonna hop right into the events calendar over the next two weeks. Not as action packed, however, we're getting into November. Well, by the time this drops, yes, it is going to be November. You'll be listening to it. Um, the first half, not as busy. The second half, we got some, in the words of Doc Brown, serious shit. <laughs> so on the 3rd of November, we have Stardom's uh, Hiroshima Goddess Festival on the 5th. We're going to talk about this one shortly. WWE's Crown Jewel pay-per-view with the groundbreaking Roman Reigns taking on Logan Paul for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Mm-hmm. Also on the 5th, we have Battle Autumn. Uh, for New Japan Pro Wrestling. On the 11th for New Japan, we have Tamashi Night 1 in New Zealand. Oh, yeah, that's a New Zealand event. Hmm. Uh, Following that, we do have NWA Hard Times 3. Hard Times 3. I feel like yesterday was just hard times. Right? I was like, wait a minute. It's already in the third year? Holy shit. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, that's That's a fascinating card in itself. I won't go too crazy into it. But I believe the main event is Trevor Murdoch, who is currently the NWE World's Heavyweight Champion, taking on Matt Cardona and Tyrus uh, in the main event. Uh, and last but not least, on the 13th, we have uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Tamashi Night 2 in Sydney, Australia. And then coming up shortly, folks, I think in the next couple of weeks, we have some, uh, we'll be having a go home show mm. for uh, a dual double. Uh, both for Full Gear and for Survivor Series. Obviously, the three of us will be on there. Joining us as well will be Mr. Zach himself. Hopefully, crossing. I'm already committed to him before we've talked to him about it. So, <laughs> hope you listen to Zach, and I hope no, you're no, ready. he'll be there. He yeah. will be there. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of upset I'm not going to be in the New England area for Survivor Series since it's the first one with the War Games matches up in Boston. John, are you going to that? Not as of now, uh, but it is on my birthday. Oh shit! So yeah, yeah, that's um, it falls on my birthday, so it's uh, it's it's a consideration, but you know, I'll if I if I am going, I'll be sure to, I'll be sure to share it on here. <laughs> nice, awesome. You know what John wants for his birthday? War games. War games. <laughs> <laughs> so on top of all of that, we also have a couple of new announcements coming up from both the NXT and the Ring of Honor. That's right. I said Ring of Honor, folks. Ring of Honor camps. Uh, NXT deadline has been announced for December 10th in... It will be in Orlando, so yep. maybe, I don't know, your boy here might maybe go take a trip to Orlando that weekend. There you go. But also, on that same day, 
Very important. Ring of Honor final battle. We are getting final battle. I'm hoping this leads to more announcements for the potential return of Ring of Honor as a show. Seeing that, I know a lot of people are getting antsy and a lot of people seem to be frustrated that uh, AEW currently seems to be more of a Ring of Honor product mm. with the talent. Mm. But we will talk about that in a, in a later episode, maybe during our final bedlam. Ah, yes. Final bedlam. Yes, final two. bedlam too. <laughs> yes. Um, but what we want to talk about, we're going to go back to the Crown Jewel event. I totally forgot about this until Scott mentioned it. Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Logan Paul and Roman Reigns, the way they're marketing this, and I keep forgetting about this, at, it feels like an actual like MMA or a boxing match. Like I keep seeing it because Jake Paul also has a fight coming up. So I'm just like, oh, it's, it's the Jake Paul. No, that's the Logan Paul fight with Roman. Okay, okay. Yeah, Jake Paul's fighting, um, the hell is his name? Last name, Sylvia. Um, the week prior, I believe. And then Logan gets his shot with Roman Actually, so I guess that's this. Uh, by the time this drops, I think that that fight will already have happened, and then Logan Paul's is next week. Oh, okay. Yeah what what's the what's the airtime Eastern time on that, Scott? Is that like one p.m. or like for oh, Crown oh. Jewels at noon? Oh, okay. Yeah, so that'll be probably like a three and a half four hour show, and then it's great because then I get to go forty five minutes north, and I get to go finally go back to ETWA. So we'll have some special stuff on that. Uh, and a special uh, podcast for me a little later on. Yes, when uh, that happens, Scott, let me know. We'll drop the information for everybody. Yes, sir. Um, this card, um, interesting. Um, and I'll, I won't go through it all, but Brock Lesnar taking on Bobby Lashley. I remember like several years ago, I had said that, you know, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar need to fight more. Obviously, mm-hmm. under the Vince regime, uh, Bobby Lashley was not that kind of wrestler. He was just right. like, oh, it's Bobby. It's, you know, whatever. But I, I like that Bobby is now crucify me for the statement but bobby is pushing like where brock lesnar was you know he's not just like a, oh he's just a bit he's he's been treated like a m- more of a threat than just another guy in the roster well well sam we all know why it, it's the power of the pants power of the pants <laughs> Lashley with pants. um so i love how this whole, whole thing worked out um bobby was out there because he was he was going to be defending his u.s title against seth rollins that night and brock made a surprise return and I'm just like, wait, are we going to get Brock and Bobby for the U.S. title? That'd be great. Lesnar's not in a major title picture. That's fine. Not a big deal. But instead, he attacks Bobby out of nowhere. And then it still leads to the U.S. title match with Seth Rollins that eventually won. So I'm like, oh, my God. So this match is not even for a title. It's just a blood feud. I, uh, yes. OK, I'm, I'm even more sold on this. So and like you said, Bobby Lashley has been has been a bulldozer he's he's almost the walking armageddon version of himself like he like he was in tna it's it's nice to see i'm very very happy that they're they're doing a good job with how they're booking him so this match is gonna be crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we also have uh, a continuation from uh class of the castle drew mcintyre and carrying cross in a steel cage you know it's funny i haven't looked at these cards i've been all over the place but like Every time we've talked about this, it's starting to get, I'm going to say something controversial again. This is starting to look like the NXT cards, takeover mm-hmm. cards, where you and I would be like, what the f-? I'm like, there's no way this card, this card's insane. Um, Braun Strowman taking on Omos. Uh, Bianca Belair taking on Bailey. Last woman standing match for the war, war, Raw Women's Championship. 
that was just added on on SmackDown. Uh, that's going to be a fun match. I, I know John kind of snickered at the the Omos and, and Braun Strowman. That's that's <laughs> that's probably going to be the weakest card on the uh, weakest match on the card. Um, it, it's it, it's just a battle of giants. It, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's honestly it's, it's Omos is probably his best competition he'll ever have uh i hope braun wins this honestly but i don't know who the hell knows at this point <laughs> i i feel like this was a match that they just like yeah give it to the saudi arabians <laughs> like I, I feel like that's what it was yeah here this the land of the giants right but you know what <laughs> if you're trying to market your product i'm not gonna say no on that that's you true know what? that Both- is true Braun is a very popular talent, even just coming back. Yeah. I mean, and then Omos has, you know, been a monster working his way up the card. So, I mean, they're both well-known names right now in WWE. And if that's what they want, you know, let them eat cake. Just don't give us Degeneration X and the Brothers of Destruction again. No. no. Well, I mean, (laughs) I mean, Triple H did tear his pack like two minutes into the match. So, you know, they they did the best they could, even though it was a (laughs) horrible, horrible match. But yeah, it's yeah, that was yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have the Usos taking on the Brawling Brutes for the uh, WWE tag titles. And then this one is interesting because, um, well, we have the OC, the original club, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carly Anderson taking on Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley on the side. Yep. This is this one's going to be a lot of fun. This one's also this, this one has sparked controversy, though. Yes, um, yes it has. Because the never open weight champion, Carl Anderson, was supposed to be in Osaka for what date was that? It was the day before. They were supposed to be in Japan on the fourth and then fly to Saudi on the fifth. And yeah. Carl's like, nah. Yeah. So now he's booked for WWE. And I know we were just sharing the whole New Japan thing. New Japan actually made a statement about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, if this is their way of going, we're going to work with each other. This is quite the introduction. Now, speculating, speculating. You know, I know New Japan. And I think it's just a Japanese culture in general, because I will recall a story, non-wrestling really. Here's one for both of you. Back in the early 2000s, late 90s, when Microsoft was getting ready to launch the Xbox, they had approached Nintendo to buy them out. And the Nintendo executives laughed them out of the room. <laughs> that is not a hair. That's, that's from the higher ups at Microsoft. They were that laughed. Is, that is actually hilarious. I love that. <laughs> so I think New Japan has a lot of pride. Oh yeah. And you know, to especially under Vince McMahon and what he was doing. Uh, obviously, that wasn't happening now, potentially. But I'm speculating here. So, anyways, they made this huge announcement early morning uh, Japan time on October 20th. Never open weight champion Carl Anderson posted a video on social media indicating that he would not be making his advertised commitment on the November on November 5th in Osaka. New Japan Pro Wrestling had announced Anderson's match with Hikaleo for the Never Wait Never Open Weight Championship on October 4th, despite comments from Doc Gallows. To the contrary, in Anderson's video, the booking was made through the appropriate channels and with Anderson's expressed approval. However, after the match's announcement, both Gallows and Anderson would appear on October 10th edition of WWE's Monday Night Raw broadcast. This led to WWE announcing the match featured both men for the Saudi Arabia event on November 5th in direct conflict with Anderson's prior commitment. New Japan Pro Wrestling has for the past several days attempted to negotiate with Anderson, but has not been met with a response. Should Anderson decide to 
renege. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. On a scheduled championship match, he will be required to vacate the Never Openweight Championship and return the title belt to New Japan immediately. New Japan Pro Wrestling holds its champions to the highest standards of professionalism and sincerely apologize to fans for any disappointment or inconvenience caused by this matter. Well, since that statement, we also already know, too, that Carl Anderson already made a tweet saying, I'm not vacating anything. <laughs> so that's, and I think Hikaleo, well, he was responding to something Hikaleo had, say, had said, uh, saying that, he he'll wait like he doesn't need anything to be vacated but again like i think this is this could have been avoided because um uh, i i have this article here you know regarding the carl anderson's statement about the the championship they knew japan knew as far back as august that gallows and anderson were going to return to wwe so they finally did a couple months later in October. So my thought is, how do you allow somebody to leave with their championship like that? Like he could have probably dropped it, you know, at some new Japan event in like September or something like that. And then this problem could have been totally avoided. There's a lot here. If I'm not mistaken, quote me if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Carl Anderson the one who said he'd never, ever go back to WWE? Yes. Yes. Okay. And I think he's deleted all evidence of him saying that. That is correct. But the internet lasts forever. So, right. <laughs> now, was that him? Can't get rid of the screenshots. That's right. This, uh, I get a lot of. Uh, and again, I will propose this because the post Vince world of professional wrestling is a different one. The fact that they're even wrestling, that they're even, they showed, and yes, I know they were free agents. Boggled. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Is he really just going to show what, what's he going to do? Pull a Medusa? <laughs> Drop it in the trash can. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, another thing that it could be, this could just be a big work. Just saying that he's not going to show up and then randomly show up mm. anyways, to the pay-per-view for, for new Japan. You never know. This might be, this might be his way of, of, you know, uh, elevating that event be like, Oh, will he show up, you know, and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's, it's, there's a lot of different working theories with this. I would hope that, if Carl Anderson has an event that he needs to be at, that he goes there, drops the title, and then can go back to WWE the next day in, in Saudi Arabia. It's possible. It's not that long of a trip. And even if you need to push the OC and um, the Judgment Day farther down the card, okay, gives him more time to show up. Have Luke Gallows do the majority of the wrestling on the match then. Whatever. Figure out a way to do it. It's possible. <laughs> People do this shit all the time. Yeah, I think something like that is not out of the realm of possibility of it being an angle. Right. So we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, come next weekend. Yeah. Uh, Maybe maybe, um, I I want to put this out in the world, not to suggest it, but to hurt John a little bit. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh Already? What if this is the, this is what if this is an angle where he's you know you know he doesn't happen to show up and then boom you know the OC can't wrestle so who comes out the elite oh god <laughs> oh boy <laughs> John's gonna start flipping tables that, that's uh we're we're gonna we're gonna get to them later in the program <laughs> yes we are but uh, uh crown jewel uh coming up it'll be a good card it'll be uh. If it's anything like Clash of the Castle, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a good show. Uh, as Triple H 
takes reign of WWE, there have been a couple of changes made. Um, one of them I want to mention, he did he he said he's scrapping day one, uh, premium live event. Uh, what was the, what was the reasoning behind that? Just just get rid of it, or yeah, I think the, I, mean, I think the ticket sales were bad. That that wouldn't surprise me either. It's the yeah, first of the was- year, so you know. Yeah, I mean, it, I can see that's kind of like when Survivor Series was at what on Thanksgiving. Yeah, like who wants to go? Not, I mean, we would. Oh, we we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. And, yeah, yeah, but not everyone's going to want to do that. It's not like the NFL. I mean, if you had the option to go to a Cowboys game on Thanksgiving, you know, whether you like the Cowboys or not, you'll be like, yeah, yeah. It's an um, experience. Yeah, but the the first, I think everyone parties the night before, so everyone's probably going to relax on the first. Fair enough. Or recover. Yeah. Yes, recover. Uh, however, we have a bigger... Uh, I'm so happy. I can't explain. Like, this is... Triple H is scrapping Hell in a Cell as a premium live event. Thank God. I'm so excited. It just... This, this All is almost right in the world. Mm. That's all I'll say. Yeah, it's nice to see that they're pulling back on the number of, of premium live events that they're doing now. It's not going to be like one or two a month. Thank God. Um, like this, most of the gimmick pay-per-views don't need to be gimmick pay-per-views. They can just be, you know, matches that, you know, Hell in a Cell was supposed to be for feuds that nothing else could, could you know, finish off something uh, uh, a feud between two people it needed to end in hell in a cell and then it turned into a pay-per-view and then you have three or four hell in a cell matches in a card and it's like where's the you know it's not special anymore it's just a show now you scrap it maybe we'll get it once a year you know it'll turn into uh, you know what war games was and hopefully if they're going to do this on you know survivor series going forward that they do make it special and it's not going to turn into what Hell in a Cell did. But we'll see. We'll see what happens, you know, next month. I never liked the the special gimmick matches being named mm. as the premium live events themselves. Like, when they started doing that, like, I liked, I liked the more... Uh, they weren't really creative names, but just, like, they, they were just cooler names, I thought. You know, like, we're talking, like, bad, like, like Unforgiven, like, Judgment Day, or... No, no mercy, mercy like things like that <laughs> yeah i i liked yeah. vengeance like i think like i liked stuff like that so when they started when wwe started naming the pay-per-views after the the events after the matches like hell in a cell and elimination <laughs> chamber well like they at the time they started doing that they ruined the surprise aspect of these matches popping up right no uh, yeah no that yeah. is true it, that's we, we had this discussion off in our in our group chat and at first i was like no i love i love all these things besides telling us out like ah but now i'm thinking about it and like you know a, a great pay-per-view back in the day that um i always like to remember with the nwo coming in was no way out I think that would be a great mm-hmm. pay-per-view where you have your cell, you have your Hell in a Cell matches, you have your Elimination Chambers, you have your, you know, kind of like uh, TNA used to have a pay-per-view, uh, what was it, Lethal Lockdown, I think, that were all based around like cage match, you know, elements and stuff like that. Like if you're gonna have a gimmick, ma- a gimmick pay-per-view, just go full and you know do different things like that. But yeah, you're right. The naming of it is kind of like meh. Have it have a, a cooler name or at least something that has some history behind it. The th- the three that I will say it should have stopped that. And I mean, you know, you guys can disagree with me. The three Royal Rumble, it's the Rumble, obviously. Yeah. Survivor yeah. Series. Obviously, it's Survivor Series. And I would even say Money in the Bank. 
unless you felt the need to go, hey, Money in the Bank should just show up randomly. If we're going to do it as an annual opportunity for one person to have a title shot, yeah, I don't think that you could drop that at random. I, I honestly, I preferred Money in the Bank when it was at WrestleMania because you had absolutely you had 365 days until the next WrestleMania to cash in and, and go from there. Now, at Money in the Bank's randomly thrown in the middle of the summer, and it's like, uh, yeah, you could get a WrestleMania, you know, thing like Seth Rollins, but I don't know. I purpose, I honestly, and I liked it better when it was just at WrestleMania. I would love for them to just go back to that. That'd no, and I would 100% agree with that too. But like, if you were to keep, if they decided no, I'm like, okay, well, Money in the Bank could be its own thing. I wouldn't want to be like a Money in the Bank. Hey, we're gonna throw them Hell in a Cell this year, or then the right, following. Yeah. Yeah, have it have it in one place like and, and keep it there. I think for me, like the only real besides the ones that you just mentioned, the only real gimmick pay-per-view that uh, that I like that actually makes a little sense is TLC because it encompasses all three of matches, tables match, you know, chairs and ladders, and you also have the main TLC match itself. So that one makes a little bit more sense. But yeah, the other ones, we don't need them at this point. Let's trim down these these premium live events to like, I don't know, six to eight per year and just give the writers of Raw and SmackDown and NXT better time, you know, more time to actually develop stories, which I think they've started to do. But at certain points, some feuds feel like they're just repeating and it's like, all right, can we can we move on from this? So hopefully things continue to get better as time goes on. Agreed. Um let's talk about gimmicks again. Well, let's continue this conversation because another triple H decision was we're going to have elimination chamber for the first time in 14 years. Well, first paper, what pay-per-view premium live event in 14 years in Canada, up in Montreal, in, in Montreal. Yeah. That's, wow. that's, that's a lot of fun. Uh, it also makes me wonder because Montreal is technically closer to me than Boston is. So I don't know, maybe I'll venture North in February. If I don't get snowed in, see what happens. I don't know. We'll we'll find out. That'd be one to do. That they really be. haven't had a pay per view in Canada. Well, elimination or, or in Montreal. In Montreal, yeah, they've had oh, okay, okay. they've had SmackDowns, but they've never they haven't had a pay per view in 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 Montreal in the Bell Center for yeah fourteen years. I couldn't believe that either. I had to go back and look, and I was like, holy wow. shit, they are correct. <laughs> That's surprising. Well, I mean, well, even yeah, even the pandemic doesn't even put that into the reasoning, really. Right. Yeah. So that's surprising. I know. I was, I was too. I mean, like I, Toronto, Toronto is one of the big, their WWE's probably biggest cities in North America. Yeah. And Toronto, I think yeah. Mont- Montreal, I think would obviously be the second one for Canada, but yeah, that's, wow. That's a big surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know Vince has been trying to spread it out between the Saudis, between doing the shows in uh, Australia, the, um, what was the other one? I was the India, the whole thing with, um, Ginger and the marketing tour. You know, I know he's been trying to branch out a bit. I remember I when they had Monday Night Raw in Tokyo uh, once or twice. I don't remember. And there was another time. I don't remember what city it was. There was a Monday Night Raw in Italy. Yes, I, I believe yep. that was. Uh, was it Rome? That was the night Santino Morella. Yes, that's ex- yes, yeah. that's exactly correct. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, those were those were interesting uh those were interesting episodes of raw I, I probably smackdown too um but yeah you don't you don't see that happen anymore no i mean it'd be nice to have more uk shows too the problem is that they'd have to tape them and then the way the internet is they ruin everything so it's it's tough yeah i think that's why they keep everything on the uh 
the North American continent. However, that shouldn't hinder them from going into Mexico or going into South America and doing some of these shows. That'd be pretty cool. Just ideas. Yeah. Well, um, in the past couple of weeks, there have been a couple of big uh, big signings, big uh, extensions with AEW. I know Scott also probably has some mentions he wants to bring up about the returns in WWE. But um, the couple that have come up actually this week, uh, we had Juice Robinson mm. sign with AEW. I believe since we've talked, Bandito is officially signed with AEW. Chris Jericho has a contract extension till 2025 with AEW and includes more responsibilities backstage. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, Is anyone else I'm forgetting? I feel like I'm missing people. Oh, the kingdom. Of course. Matt and Bandito Mm -hmm. was another one they put in there uh, recently. Uh, I, we, we kind of just, we kind of discussed this a little bit uh, uh, off, off, off mic uh, a little bit, but do, do you feel like the AEW roster is just being just oversaturated right now? This like Tony Khan's just handing out contracts like Oprah Winfrey, like hands out cars at this point. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like to me. It's like, like you get a contract, you get a contract. Like, like, when, like is Luigi Primo going to get a contract? How do you know he's already like, signed? <laughs> yeah, well, it's like... <sighs> No, I, I I know I know where you're, I know where where you're where you're coming from. Um, I would say like people like Juice Robinson, people like Bandito, um, maybe more Bandito than Juice. But if we're gonna roll into 2023 and they're actually gonna give us some more news with ROH, you know, I think it's fine to be able to sign these people. Everybody in ROH is gonna be an AEW employee. It's just a matter of where they end up on the card or where they end up, what show they end up on. Um, everybody's going to bloat when it comes to rosters. WWE is doing the same. You know, they're going to start signing more people and they're just going to either sit on the sidelines or, or get stuck in main event hell. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, but like Sam was talking about before, we just need more news on ROH, what's going on, if there's going to be a weekly television show, if they're going to do more pay-per-views just to give these guys more time somewhere, then I, I'm, I'm okay with, with, with these signings. Well, especially there's so much mention of Ring of Honor on AEW television right now. So yeah. it, it feels like it takes up like half the, half the episodes of Dynamite or whatever, you know, Ring of Honor this, Ring of Honor that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I understand why Sam is kind of like impatient with it. <laughs> He's like, well, where the hell is the Ring of Honor stuff if there's all this mention of it? Yeah, I, I think that, I think the reason why they're doing that is to make sure that it stays fresh in the fans' minds that, yes, ROH is a thing. It's going to happen at some point. So, yeah, we're going to have all its champions on our on our television shows and have matches and defending titles and whatnot. But I think eventually once it rolls over to its own thing, I think it's going to be just straight. AEW, and they probably won't even mention ROH people, or if they do, it'll be sparingly, so they can focus on their own television show. It's going to be fun whenever we figure out, or whatever they figure out, when the television show is going to happen. It's just a matter of what night does it go on. I swear to God, if it goes on a Tuesday, that's going to be problems. Yeah, it's we get to the point where now it's it's difficult. Like if if <laughs> Scott, I don't know how you do it every single night. Monday through Friday. Um, well, we don't do Thursdays anymore because of impact. 
I know. But and I'm, the thing of it is, though, it, it's honestly, it's easy enough for me to just be like, all right, we'll spend a dollar a month and, and watch it on YouTube. But I need a day off <laughs> from tweeting. But if they throw like if they throw ROH on a Thursday, then I'm just like, well, damn it. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we'll wait. We'll see. I'm hoping at final battle. I know Tony said there was a lot more, you know, there's other news that he had, but we'd see what happens at final battle. Um it is getting bloated. It is a lot of Ring of Honor stuff right now. And I feel like a lot of the signees, like we've talked about, this, it's like Tony is starting to ramp up the Ring of Honor stuff. Right. Yeah. It's like something's going to happen. So even. Well, then you have then you have the angle with Jericho where he's the Ocho and he's killing off. Well, not killing off, but he's like singling out and taking out these Ring of Honor people one by one. And he's like, oh, I'm I'm going to beat all their champions. I'm going to take out all their commentators and referees and stuff. So it's like, which side of the fence are Here's they on idea. here? Here's and, an idea. Okay. All right. I'll, go ahead, Sam. I go. I got one. I got one. As well. I th- uh, maybe, maybe you and I are both on the same page, Scott, because we usually are. So what I'm thinking is what's happening is this is Jericho's way to just get fucking heat because everyone loves Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is very cherished, you know, by everybody who watches it. Now, whether it happens at final battle or next year, Jericho gets enough heat, beats enough people. He's destroying Ring of Honor, where when he finally drops it at a Ring of Honor show, they're going to get a pop bigger than uh, Claudio did when he won that title. And we were in the building for that. My thoughts. No, I mean, you're 100% that, yeah, we were on the same wavelength. I was thinking the same thing. Like, whoever beats Jericho is going to be the the savior of ROH. And honestly, whenever that happens, I hope that's the night Tony or announces a new show and then the new champion can ride off into the sunset with the rest of the roster and then off you go. So right now, I think Jericho, like, like Sam was saying, he's there to destroy everybody. And John, you said the same thing. He's there to destroy everybody. And one day somebody from, you know, ROH is going to come in and eventually finally beat Jericho. And then the whole separation happens. At least that's, that's what I hope. I think it'll go on until Chris Jericho gets bored. (laughs) (laughs) I have some thoughts on him, but yeah, I I digress. (laughs) Yeah. I not going to lie. I think for me, the biggest anticipation right now is ring of honor. And there's so much talk of it, but we haven't seen movement. I'm just like, I need, like, I just need it. I need Ring of Honor back. I want, I, <laughs> and you know what? If we just, if he, and I, I know there's all contract stuff, the stuff in the back, and it's taking longer than it should. But if we, if he just like, yeah, we're just going to continue Ring of Honor, would it have been a success? I don't know. Maybe he's trying to get more eyes on it than it had before. That's what I think they're trying to do is they're just trying to get more eyes on, on the product, you know, getting people used to Bobby Cruz to, you know, Rick, uh, Arabani, oh, and then trying to, and, and Caprice Coleman recognize their voices. That way, when you go over to watch the show, when it eventually happens, you'll be like, Oh, I know all of them. Also. Okay, sweet. Yeah. We'll be, well, this, this, this will be fine. I have no problem watching this. The big, the biggest problem with the wrestling community. And I think this is why, so people, everyone knows ring of honor, people who watch ring of honor, love ring of honor. However, there's still a lot of people out there. Who are WWE marks? If you're listening, any one of those people, I am calling you out. It's an indie show. Why would I watch an indie show? Why wouldn't you watch an like? Where do you think people start? It's like when we go to see concerts. I don't go see the opening acts. The garbage. Where do you think the band you're going to see started? Exactly. Like they they don't understand that. So in Ring of Honor, I think every time we've gone to a Ring of Honor show, John, how many have we gone to? One, two, 
together. I've been to like four Couple now. Yeah. Yeah. I, the ring of honor shows have been my favorite to go to mm. the, the, the crowd is just raw and it's just rabid and they just want, they're hardcore fans when it comes mm-hmm. to, you know, it's like when we went to that GCW show, like you and I were out of our element, like <laughs> compared to some of these fans, I was just like, Whoa, that was also the closest I think we'd ever get to going to see an actual ECW show from back in the day. That is true. Sir. Oh, oh, there were some hardcore fans next to us at death before dishonor. I'll never, I'll never forget that as long <laughs> yes. as I live. Yes. Oh, well, no, uh, but on a serious note, no death before dishonor though. No, it did. It did feel like a legit wrestling event because there wasn't any of that fluff in mm. there. I felt like it was just match, 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 like, and like, it felt consistent and there wasn't any, anything else thrown in really between the matches really. Right. And that's so pretty much just, what ROH has always been. It's just been like yeah. match, match. They'll have maybe one or two backstage segments and then it's like match, 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 yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's nice that they're following that that same you know that same way of you know doing their shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, we can talk about Ring of Honor all day, but we have Final Battle same day as Deadline. So maybe I'll go to Orlando. Maybe I'll see Deadline. Maybe I'll you know go Monday Night War if it's if they overlap and have two TVs and watch both at the same time. Make sure the girlfriend watches with me. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, last bit of news before we get to the weekly results. Um. According to I th- I saw it from What Culture, who I think got it from the Observer, but supposedly the investigation of the post media wrestling scrum has been concluded. Mm. There's a lot of information that I saw. It sounds like, and as we've seen, we want to talk about it. The Elite uh, come back to TV at some point soon. It sounds like CM Punk's contract will be bought out. What actually happened? It sounds like to me, P. Everyone's going to be signed paperwork where it's not. We're not going to. We'll, ne- we'll never know what really happened. Right. Um, that's CM Punk included. That's the elite. Rightfully so. I don't know what else to say about that. I don't know why everyone else wants to put their two cents in. I've seen a lot of other people online post their thoughts, whether it be you know legends in the industry or whether it be people in AEW, WWE. I don't know. I guess it sounds like we just are not going to know. It's probably for the best, honestly. I mean, we shouldn't have known any of this thing in the, in the beginning. <laughs> it should have been kept behind closed doors. Uh, and they could have found a way to, you know, say the champions were all gone uh, without having to, you know, dive into it like, you know, the Internet does. But I don't know. Uh, honestly, I, I'm just tired of, of, <laughs> of seeing all this nonsense about it. Um Grown men acting like children, fighting, whatever the hell happened. It, it is what it is. Punk's probably gone. And it's a shame that once again he couldn't play nice in the sandbox with the with the other kids. Uh, I don't know. But uh I know we'll talk about it when we get into dynamite, but the interesting promo, or not promo, but the vignette that happened regarding the elite was was very um eyebrow raising at least for me when I first watched it. So I have thoughts. We'll talk about that. But John, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I I had a feeling it was going to end up like this with, with CM Punk being the one that is that would not come back and the elite would be the ones that would end up being the ones with their foot back in the door. But, I mean... What gets me riled up about it is that 
that CM Punk was the, I think, arguably, I think has been the best attraction for AEW, you know, since maybe those first few episodes, there was a lot of excitement since it was something fresh. It was something new. It was something, you know, it was, it was uh, kind of a retaliation to like Vince McMahon's WWE mm-hmm. in a way the fans wanted something else. So we got that. And, you know, I think the next biggest thing after maybe the first episode of dynamite or whatnot, and, and maybe some of the pay-per-views is CM Punk debuting at the first dance. And, you know, his work after that, you know, every, everything he did after that, obviously not all of it was perfect, but I thought it was the most interesting thing that AEW has done at this point. Mm. And so it, it, in a way it's sad to see that this is how it'll end for him. You know, his time in AEW, I think, and you learn more about both parties involved here. I mean, the elite, the elite too, like you learn some things about them that have made me kind of uh, sour to them now a little bit. And I, I know people try to pick a side on, on both of the, on both of these parties. I, I try to be as neutral as possible, but it's tough. But but to your to your guys's point, you're not really gonna know what happened here. I feel like this is one of the most public debacle backstage debacles in probably wrestling history. Mm-hmm. So and I, I I encourage people to try to just read about it as much as you can, I guess, and you know just find find the facts as you as you see them, and you know just analyze it that way. So. Yeah, there's, I mean, who knows who's actually wrong? Who knows? I mean, there was the rumor about, you know, CM Punk's dog was supposedly injured and had to have teeth removed. And then supposedly that was a lie. You know, there's, you know, whatever. We don't know about the Bucks end, if they broke into the room or they just knocked on it and then CM Punk opened it. There is so much he said, she said. Right. Yep. And if you weren't there, you don't know. Right. You know, the only things I've read recently... I know a steel, I guess he's super bummed over everything. He wants to move past it. Obviously he's let go. And I don't know if that's whether he was because he was let go or he was just like, dude, looking back, I was stupid. And I fucking hate myself for it. it uh, well, I mean, <laughs> what a steel, what a steel did. I mean, his, I think most of his reasoning behind it was like his wife was in the room. His wife was in the room. <laughs> I mean, I'm not justifying him biting somebody because who the heck does that? But but yeah, you learned that his wife was in the room and that she was on crutches. So I, I think he was just, he was a guy trying to protect his wife is what I think of in my head. But when, when you find out he bit, he bit Kenny, uh, it, it kind of takes away from that a little bit. Yeah. I think, and I read a recent article from uh, something that Bret Hart, when he had went to WCW and he had his own locker room and he goes, what is this? And they go, it's your locker room, Brett. And he goes, I dress with the boys. And he proceeded to go to his, the, the, the locker room with everyone else. I think everyone just needs to be in the same locker room at this point. Nobody gets special treatment. Everyone gets a different locker room. They get the same locker room. Well, especially if, 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 if they did like kick down the door of this locker room or whatever, like they, if they did do that, they could, they could not have expected to not throw hands. Right. Doing yeah. So when you kick somebody's door down like that, like, that's just the natural reaction of somebody that's actually in the room. Yeah. So. That would put, that would put them at fault hundred percent with that. Um, if they, again, this is all hearsay. This is all. If the only right. thing I did see, and I know John had some thoughts. The only thing I did see 
was Chris Jericho's response to the post-media scrum, where he pretty much, and again, I don't, I know we called CM Punk cancer to the locker room. Chris Jericho has been in the business for a way long time. Johnny's been wrestling as long as we've been alive. 1991, if I'm not mistaken. Um, most other people, I'd be like, that's an interesting, you know, why would you attack somebody like that? But Jericho, you know, he used to be one of Vince's buddies, you know? So well, I don't- also look at Jericho, like who's a bigger, who's more full of themselves in wrestling than Chris Jericho, I would think. I mean, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, you know, CM Punk was like the, the Jesus Christ of the, of the locker room like mm-hmm. this perfect like this perfect guy i'm not saying that but chris jericho i mean i think his thoughts on cm punk will be like i mean cm punk is a guy that that threatens him you know as like as far as like pop like popularity wise i think chris jericho now that cm punk is gone this this is aw belongs to chris jericho now i think mm-hmm. chris jericho is going to be the one that is going to be in Tony Khan's ear, I think, from this point forward. He would be, and I think as we've talked about, and it's been said, Jericho, Moxley, lesser Daniel Bryan. And I don't, Brian Daniels, I said Daniel Bryan, wow. Um, I say lesser him because he's the only person out of the three of those who has no bad beef with WWE and will go back to that company at some point. No bones about it. But the other two, I don't, you know, Jericho maybe, but he just signed this long extension. So did Moxley. So those two, Jericho will be in Tony Khan's air and Moxley will probably handle the, um, the locker room. You know, that's, that's possible. But uh, I think not only did you have this debate, did you have this polarizing, whatever you want to call it between CM Punk and the elite, because the elite, I think in their mind, they're the ones that think they run the show <laughs> because being, being executive vice presidents, and all that oh we started this you know this wouldn't have happened without us is you know their their mentality which i mean which which i mean you you could agree with i guess but with cm punk gone now i think you're going to get (laughs) you're going to get a super passive aggressive war between jericho's camp and the elite because it's going to be like who who truly runs aew here oh i do no i do i think that's what's going to happen it also then, like I mentioned before, it leads back to that vignette we saw during Dynamax. So you you might be nailing, you know, <laughs> hitting the nail right on the head. There might be some type of thing, but they may be turning this into an actual on-camera feud, and it might also be a backstage thing as well. So I don't know. It's it's definitely there are eyes on AEW, unfortunately, for the wrong reason. So we need yes. to we need to figure out uh, or they need to figure out a way to smooth things over and just get back to wrestling. Whether they do that or not, we'll find out. You know, we're here for the show. WWE it's, didn't go under after the uh, after the Montreal screw job. That is so. true. That is true. It's so weird how the tables have kind of turned now that you know b- before before McMahon Vince McMahon left that you know people were watching AEW to see to see, oh, how much better it would be than WWE was at the time. Yep. Now the tables have really turned. Now people are watching AEW to see just how bad, I guess, it, it could potentially get. While, while people are watching WWE to see how good it can become again. Mm. And it, it's really, it's just very eerie how it's all kind of flipped. And like Tony Khan, <laughs> Tony Khan is essentially the one now that's kind of seen as... As I say, as Vince McMahon in a way, 
as the villain? No, as the as the bad guy. Yeah. No. As the authority, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't ask no. him though, because he won't. He won't comment on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we all have our thoughts on that. We all can talk here and there, but you know what? This is where we're at. How they come come out of it, you know. If even Jericho goes, "Hey, this can't this can't fucking happen again. This is not good PR." I go, "You're a you own you have more money than Vince McMahon does. You know, you should. You know, this is you know you own a football team, you own a soccer team, you own a professional wrestling company. You have a good contract with TNT. They're not gonna like this either. So." Mm. That's kind of where he needs to go. But we're going to hop over to TBS, you know, the Turner Broadcasting Station. Um, talk about Wednesday night. Uh, Wednesday night, the card was a little better. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The how they, the layout was much, what's much better than last, last time we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, where do we start? We start off with um, BCC defeating Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia, which I'm going to tell you right now. This is incredible, and this is why Chris Jericho is just the GOAT. You know, he got beaten because there was a bat in the ring, and how dare they, you know? He's better than that. That would never happen with uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society. <laughs> never. Guy, like, lying to the camera, and he, you know, <laughs> it's, it was perfect. It was great. Um, it's just going to boil this feud over. I think just around this time is where that promo came in from the elite, if I'm not mistaken, which is a really interesting promo. Yes. I love how I believe they were pulling things from being the elite um, talking about how, you know, I, I also, I, I love how they, they purposely did not mention Cody at all during this whole thing uh, talking about how Kenny and the bucks were, you know, the ones to, to bring this into fruition. And every time they would talk about it, they'd show like a random scene and, and then they'd get dusted kind of like, you know, Thanos snap type of thing. And they did that a whole bunch of different times talking about it. And then the last one was just the AEW logo. And then it kind of fizzled away. So when I saw that, I was thinking to myself, are we going to have the elite come back? And then their sole purpose is to be like what Vince tried to do with the NWO, bringing them into WWE, try to kill their own product. I think this, if they do this correctly, this could be one of the best wrestling angles in history will they do it correctly i don't know this is just the beginning of course this is also just my brain going off in tangents because i love a proper invasion angle because i've never seen it actually work correctly (laughs) so so this is what i want in my life one time as a wrestling fan a proper invasion angle and we'll see what ends up happening i don't know that's just where my brain went, went with it i'm you know bullshit aside you can't knock how good Kenny and the Bucks are in the ring. So I, I, I'll be happy to see them back in the ring. And we'll see where this whole thing goes going forward. Yeah. So following that, we did have the number one contenders match. FTR taking on Swerving Our Glory with Swerving Our Glory getting the dub over FTR. Thanks uh, to the ass boys. We have to make sure to mention mm-hmm. that. Um, it was great to see FTR back on TV. Yes. Um, they're not on TV enough. But again, keep in mind, they do have three... We'll say two because they're the Ring of Honor tag champion. So that's still under the EW banner, but they're in Mexico and they're in Japan. Well, I think LA because they're in uh, doing a lot of things in strong, I believe. Yeah. But got to see more of them. Great match. But there's nothing bad to say about these two tag teams, except I know John had mentioned that, that they're a little off because Keith is a better, uh, I think Keith is a better face than a heel, which I think we're getting to. Yeah. We're getting to. Yep. 
Swerve, I think Swerve is excellent at being a heel so far. He's mm. he's cocky. He's uh, but Keith Lee and like well, what they do is sometimes like each week, like they'll have Swerve on, but they won't have Keith Keith yeah. Lee on, and then the next week they'll have Keith Lee, but not Swerve. So I they're not really consistent with the whole heel face thing with with this with this tag team right now. I think that's by design though, because. Mm. I, the split is coming, and I, and I have a feeling right. that w- whenever this match happens um, between the acclaimed and Swerve on Our Glory, that Keith will have enough, or Swerve will have enough of Keith and attack him. Um, so I, I, the feud between those two is is inevitable. It's gonna happen at some point right. soon. So I think that's why they're doing it that way. They're having Swerve on being the heel. Keith Lee coming on. They even do the backstage interviews and Keith's like, I don't know what the hell you're doing. You know, this isn't you. What the hell? So we especially had that on Rampage. Correct. Last night. Yeah. So I I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, I think they're doing it by design. So yeah, at least especially for me, when you have I, I like what they're doing. Especially when you have them on separately. It Correct. almost from a storytelling perspective, you're getting two sides to the coin where you're seeing like, oh, yeah, yeah you're, you're really, really deepening the 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 uh, the crater the between them, yeah. the divide. Yeah. So I think it's a clever move because I don't usually see that happen. Usually it's you'll just see them, you know, starting to get scuffle. You know, they're, you know, they're always, you know, arguing backstage back and forth. But to do it where it's like slowly, it's like, here's Keith doing his thing, saying what he thinks about it. Here's Swerve. And you really just saw him in a way. So when it happens, it's just a clean break. Yeah. And then the feud is, that'll be a fun, <laughs> that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, speaking of fun, let's talk about this uh, MJF and Renee interview. <laughs> I, man, how do you, first and foremost, I forgot what he said at the beginning. And I'm hoping, I'm assuming he talked to Moxley beforehand going, hey, I was going to say, <laughs> Renee's interviewing me. I was going to say X, Y, and Z for this, you know, you know, Moxley's all about making it personal. So, yeah. I mean, I would be surprised if they were like, yeah, yeah, say some, hey, Renee, he's going to say some shit to you. Just uh, go with it. Um, <laughs> he blatantly, I think, told her to shut up at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he just, yep. he's so good at his heel work. And then the week before that, let's jump to a week before that, him and Regal. Oh boy! No, that was good. I can't wait for this. And when he becomes champion, he's going to become champion. I cannot wait for him to talk shit and not lose that belt for a long time. Yep. Although the one thing I worry about is that they're trying to push him as a face. Mm-hmm. I don't feel I don't feel it's as effective as him being a heel. And then, of course, we talk about MJF, and then what happens. Towards the end, actually, at the end of the show, I know we'll uh, we'll we'll get there. But the firm. What if what if it's all a work? I mean, that's possible. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Um, <laughs> what if it's all a work? Let's 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 let, let's, let's, let's table this conversation until we get to the end of the show because I feel this is very important to talk about. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, following that, we had Brian Danielson take on and defeat Sammy Guevara. I know John was super happy about that. Yes. I referenced stoppage. <laughs> Then we had Rio and Jamie Hader, Hader, Hader pinning Rio. I think we're back to where we're at, and I think AEW needs to put a lot more emphasis again 
and just sprinkle them throughout the show like the NXT women. was doing yeah. at the time. Yep. It was just kind of like, oh, the obligatory women's match. Right. Mm-hmm. Although Jamie Hayter, uh, she's 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 growing on me. Like before when she came in, I was just like, who the fuck is this person? Like, who is she? And now I'm just like, all right, I, I enjoy watching her matches. She's doing a pretty good job. And Rio is just, she's she's something. She's just something. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed that match. But you're right. They need to sprinkle more in. Um, we need some constant storylines, not just the backstage segments, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then final on that, we had the AW World Championship match, John Moxley taking on Penta El Zero Mierdo with Moxley getting the win. However, this did not end there as the uh, firm came in and the shit not just out of Moxley, but uh, MGF came down to the ring and he got the shit kicked out of him too. Yep. He fired the the firm because earlier in the show, he had told them that he wants Mox at 110% so that there's no excuse when he beats him, which I was like, wow, that's very honorable of you, sir. Uh, because going back to the conversation with Regal that he had the week prior, how Regal said that all MJF does is take shortcuts and he doesn't, he's not a proper villain. He doesn't beat him, you know, beat the the person that he's, that he's taking on with sure, you know, skill he's taking shortcuts he has to use the ring you know regal's like i use my brass knucks because i want to not because i have to and I, when he said that i was like Ooh. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> um so then we get the like like i mentioned before the weird thing about them turning him face and then him firing the firm and then the firm said fuck you and then took him out and yep. i don't know it was a weird ending for me for for dynamite i I don't know. I didn't expect it then. I mean, I, maybe I expected that at the pay-per-view, but not not a random Dynamite episode. So that brings me Yeah, my that point. was a weird one. <laughs> that brings me to my point, because as we're sitting here, we're talking about this. You know, it's weird, because he's weird. He's like an anti-hero, because he still, he still says the things that get the booze. Right. But people want to see him come out. Correct. What if it's all the work? Yeah, I mean, it's true. That is definitely possible. What if, you know, he's trying to, you know, you, you, weakened, you weakened the giant by getting to trust you. Now the firm attack, he goes to help John Moxley. Moxley says, Oh, he's trying, you know, trying to assist with the all this happened. He gets attacked. Why would they attack him? That makes no sense, you know. Well, but then the pay-per-view, maybe they assist, or maybe he does something where maybe and maybe they're still fired, who knows? But maybe he weaseled his way into winning the belt from Mox. Maybe. MJF ways. I don't know. MJF wasn't, I, I forget what city they were in. I think they're in Norfolk, Virginia. But he really, he really wasn't like normally like that's like the first thing he does is like he takes he takes these shots at whatever cities he's in, or whatever. <laughs> he didn't do that this week, which was very not MJF yeah. of him. He was well, he was more he was more taking like shots weren't even that bad, just like some some jabs at Moxley a little bit. Well, just because mostly because Moxley's wife was standing right there, right? So naturally you would, but yeah, the the face. If they're doing this face thing with him, it is it is weird to see to see so far, and it it'll be interesting to see how they handle it if that is if that is indeed what they're doing, and it seems like it seems like that's what it's going to be with that weird ending for Dynamite, like you said, Scott. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's smarter. I think I literally think he's better than us, and we know it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is true. I he is so unique he is so unique he's the and i don't want to attack anybody else on the show i don't think anyone else is 
you know, but he's somebody who always happens to surprise and always, I always look forward to him every single time he's on TV. I mean, he said it himself. He's the main attraction. Yeah. He's a generational talent and he's not lying when he says that he is. Like, I remember, like, in the very early days, like, uh, hearing rumblings of MJF, like, in the, in the indie circuits, and uh, I was like, all right, and I watched a few of his promos. I'm like, oh, shit, this guy can talk. Okay, that's the first big thing. Uh, I didn't know anything about the story that him and Real shared. I thought that was, that was crazy. Um you know, not hiring him because he's only 19 years old and they wanted him to have more yep. seasoning. And it's just like, do you understand? Like, how do you fumble something that bad? But now we're running towards, you know, the bidding war of 2024. I've heard rumors that MJF has signed an extension quietly, but he's still going to run with that whole thing. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but honestly, like 2024 should could be a banner year for wrestling for whoever gets MJF. Yeah, it, we could talk about this all day. I think there's a lot more going on that we don't see. No, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. that would that would make a lot of sense. I, I I think next week we'll see if they continue on with that story like you were talking about, like, oh, he, you know, MJF tried to help me and, you know, ended up getting hurt. Maybe he's not so bad. And yeah, if they continue on that train, then... Then yeah, I could definitely see where you're where you're coming from, Sam. That this was just all a ruse the whole time. Uh, I will say though, the one person out of the firm that's really getting elevated here is Ethan Page, and I'm very happy for that. Rightfully so. Yes, hundred percent. Maybe they'll let him bring the Karate Man back. Oh my god! So we're gonna hop over to TNA uh, before we get into Rampage, and then start our Halloween festivities. Oh, TNA. TNA. Sorry, Impact. <laughs> Every so often, TNA comes out. <laughs> but this was interesting because um, the opening, it was a tournament match for the X Division Championship. Trey Miguel taking on and defeating Alan Angels. Oh, shit. Because mm-hmm. he's over in TNA now. Um, Rachel Shields defeated Tasha Steele. Uh, Chris Bay took on and defeated Tommy Dreamer. Matt Cardona took on and defeated Alex Shelley. Wow. Okay. Joe Hendry defeated Raj Singh. And then last but not least, a six-woman tag tour, uh, match where Mickey James, let's see, Mickey James, Taylor Wilde, and Jordan Grace defeated VXT and Giselle Shaw. <laughs> um, I think we're at the end of the year for Impact, so nothing till, I believe, Hard to Kill in January. Okay. Yeah. For, be looking at, so. for, for shows, yeah. Now for Rampage. Um, this might have been, and not the best, but I think the matches on here were better than they have been in a while. Mm. Like, across the board. We're not even talking about, hey, this match was great, but this one's okay. All of them, the three of them. Oh, yeah, Keith Lee squashed some uh, Serpentico. Forgot about that. But for the most part, um, minus the squash match, uh, John Moxley took on and defeated Daddy Magic Matt Menard for the uh, AW uh, World Championship Eliminator match. Mm -hmm. Madison Ray, we don't get a lot of her. Loved her in T, uh, TNA. I almost said it again. Impact. But no, I mean, she was in TNA, so you're not, you're not incorrect. <laughs> yeah. Ty Mello getting the win over uh, Madison Rain. Also, I don't know where in the show this fell, but this is, I think, where we found out from Jericho. Actually, we found out from Rampage. He's now going to take on any Ring of Honor world champion, whether it be the championship TV champ, former, cha- former champions, or tag champions, champions. <laughs> women's championship fascinating move if what? there's if there's an intergender match on in jericho's included this is gonna be oh geez <laughs> and then we had wardlow taken on 
and defeating Matt Taven. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett of the OGK. This one excited me. And I was telling this fine. I was telling Ashley about this. And I'm like, she she went to bed the night that they debuted, but when they came out, and she's like, Who's that? I'm like, Oh, that's the OGK. That's Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. She goes, Oh, who are they? Like, oh, they're from Ring of Honor. Matt's from Boston. And I go, Mike Bennett's from Warwick. And she goes, Warwick, Warwick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Rhode Island. Rhode Island. <laughs> yep. So hometown um, heroes. I'm glad to see Matt Taven. Um, I'm hoping they give him, you know, at least give him the presence mm. uh that he had in Ring of Honor. I mean, they mentioned that he won the Ring of Honor title in Madison Square Garden at G1 uh, Supercard a few years back. I would not be upset if he's the one to take on Chris Jericho next week. Because he is a former, actually, he's a former Grand Slam champion in ROH, I believe. Mm-hmm. He so. is. We could go through that list all day and speculate. It's going to be somebody. It, it, you can't say something like that and then just have somebody i think on the card who we've already seen happen somebody mentioned nigel mcginnis and i swear to god if that happens i'm gonna lose my ever-living shit <laughs> i mean i know he's i know he's older and i don't know he hasn't wrestled in a long time but dear lord i've seen some of his older stuff oh god that would be so great but who knows it'll be cm punk I was going to say, plot twisted CM uh, Punk. Uh, what a swerve that. Could you imagine oh, if this no. was all we, we it led to that? <laughs> that would be insane. Holy shit. Well, that's that for the weekly stuff. It is Halloween. So I don't know. There's a lot of Halloween things. There's a lot of things we can talk about. I do want to point out that a year ago, John and I, we were at Dynamite, the Dynamite before Halloween. With the the elite came out all dressed as the Ghostbusters. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. That was going into full gear, and uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow was Hangman Page. That was kind of a cool thing, yeah. Uh, to see, um, like I said, you know, at one point, yeah, you know, Halloween Havoc. That's something we could talk about for for ages. That's whether it be the new one, which is breaking, you know, ground, um, or the old one, which I think I would argue might have one of the best set designs ever yes. for a wrestling pay per view. Yes. But before we get into that, John, you got a stat for us on anything wrestling Halloween related or just something random? I do have quite a few uh, interesting uh, little did you didn't you knows about uh, mostly around because I think Halloween Havoc is the big wrestling, you know, notable wrestling Halloween event. Yeah. And I mean, WWE's brought that over to NXT, which they just had recently. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have a few interesting notes about. Uh, this is from the Sportster. Uh, Eric Blattberg wrote this. Nine things you didn't know. I'll, I'll share them very quickly that you didn't know about WCW's Halloween Havoc. So did you guys know that it actually started as an NWA event? That I knew because that was when NWA and was it Georgia Championship? Who was the, uh, oh, is it um, Jim Crockett Promotions, I think. Yeah. And by, so they started been. to become a, uh, really started to intertwine the idea of WCW. Yes. Very nice. I did not. Did you know that the last five WCW Halloween Havocs took place at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas? That one I did know. Yeah. I didn't, but I know at least one of them did. That was the one that the Bucks said that they went at years ago. And did you know that it was at Halloween Havoc in, uh, it should be 1998. It was the Ultimate Warriors only WCW singles match. No. What did he face? I forgot about that. Probably for the uh, I think it was Hulk Hogan. Yeah, they won that the relates, rematch. Yeah, it relates to another another fact that's on this list. It was it was actually the Ultimate Warrior's last major match. Wow. In his career, uh, was against Hogan. 
And another interesting note here. So actually Sting was actually undefeated at the event until 1998. So he kind of had a, he kind of had a little streak going. Nice. Uh, for Halloween Havoc. Makes sense with his character, especially after when he went to the Crow. And, well, the reason I actually chose Halloween Havoc too was that it's, it's really the only Halloween-centric wrestling event yeah. that's like ever happened and still happens to this day, really. And also, it, it did last the entirety of uh, WCW. Yeah, I mean, Halloween has always been a fa- uh, favorite hol- holiday of mine. So I did watch Halloween Havoc, the NXT, this uh, recently. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. I thought it was all right. I mean, I, I haven't dived too much into NXT as of late, but I thought I, I always liked I always liked that gimmick like centric wrestling event. Yeah, the whole had. the whole spin the deal, uh, spin the wheel, make the deal um, has been a lot of fun. Uh, that too. Yeah, because because for for me it, it kind of harkens back to when Eric Bischoff, when he went to speaking of WCW, went over to WWE to be the general manager of Raw, brought that up for a Vegas thing, and I thought that was great because you'd have random stipulation mm-hmm. matches at, for whatever, and then they brought it back for for NXT Halloween Havoc. I was like, all right, this is this is great. Uh, we get to see a casket match for the first time in like. 15 years yep. first first one ever in nxt um yeah it's yeah it's just yeah it's it's always an enjoyable time i i, I do like a, a good gimmick show that when it's put on properly and i think nxt does does a really good job bringing back these old wcw shows yeah so those are some interesting notes about the uh halloween hot havoc event over the many many years it had been around so I think we're going to get into the spooky edition of our show here. So I'm going to, uh, oh, wait, hold on. I got a sound going on one of these articles here. Hold on. Okay, there we go. Now I can hear you. Oh, spooky. <laughs> yeah, I know. Very spooky. Uh, but yeah, so. Think, gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think our end of the show discussion this week, we're going to center it around the supernatural if you will so i I shared this question with you guys but we kind of want to go over some of our favorite supernatural you know wrestlers superstars maybe a moment so do you guys have some favorite supernatural wrestlers i think besides the undertaker because that'll be number one on anybody's list pretty much yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man um supernatural what do we what are we considering a supernatural? It's pretty much like they're doing things that would just not be physically possible in the in the real world. Like like the Undertaker, like summoning lightning, like and like. What about uh, something like, like the Boogeyman? Like that. That's that's perfect. That's a perfect example. Exactly, perfect example. Yeah, I the Boogeyman comes to mind because he. he I don't remember too many supernatural things, but he was just always just creepy and, the and he's very unsettling. Yep, because he's the boogeyman, and he's coming <laughs> to get you. Oh, I, I love yeah, I love the boogeyman. <laughs> Somebody else that used to come to mind was um, I just had him, I just lost it, just lost it. Papa Shango, would that be another one that would pop into your head? Maybe Papa Shango, maybe like Gangrel. Mm. One that always fascinated me that I thought had potential. This is gonna be, I might get shot for this one, but I don't care. I always think of the first time somebody when I watch wrestling live who could take on. The Undertaker at a supernatural level was Mordecai. Yes, I was hoping you were going to say Mordecai. Yeah. Mordecai, yeah. <laughs> like oh, they made man. him feel like a real threat to the Undertaker. Yes, uh, they tried so hard to make that work, and it just it didn't. And you know, yeah. 
poor Kevin Thorne. He tried. <laughs> he tried. Um, oh my yeah. God, Kevin Thorne. That's that's a supernatural one you want to forget. <laughs> well, the EC ECW Kevin Thorne, I should right. say. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Jeez, oh, they they tried to do the vampire thing with him, and yep. he he didn't do he didn't do a bad job at it. It's just at the time, it just is not something people were really interested in. And right. like Gangrel did the did kind of did the vampire thing already, like way right. prior to that. So yeah. it, it was. It was a tough character for him to do, and he kind of just faded away, and people just kind of forgot about it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, for for me, I mean, my my favorite one for the longest time until he retired um, was Kane. I mean, Bad yep. Blood '97, his first introduction during a Hell in a Cell match between Shawn Michaels and, and the Undertaker, and that whole storyline for me was just I loved it. The whole the the younger brother. The whole thing with the fire and the parents and 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 uh, Paul Bear and I just I loved it. Uh, I I loved every incarnation of of Kane, uh, even corporate Kane, which most people hated. I just loved that he could reinvent himself in in a in a corporate manner. I just thought it was I I liked it. I, I thought it was good. Although things recently with the real life version of Kane have caused a lot of controversy, but mm -hmm. the character I can separate. And he was he was really really good. Currently, Bray Wyatt. I mean, mm. I I feel like what Vince couldn't get a grip on during his first run. I feel like Triple H is going to be able to hone it in. Correct, and and let Bray have more creative freedom with what he wants to do. Um, just SmackDown last night or on Friday, talking about uh, the introduction of the Uncle Howdy. Now we don't know what's going on. Uh, I saw uh, things on Twitter immediately afterwards that people think that it's Bo, which I think would be great. Bo Dallas coming back. Um, mm. People people said that Uncle Howdy looks a whole lot like Bray's actual uncle Barry Windham. So I'm like, that's a callback. Um, so I don't know. It, it's just I'm captivated by everything that Bray's doing right now. Uh, I love the fact that he's trying to be himself. Well, he is himself in the ring, talking about everything to the fans, and then we have Uncle Howdy now talking to him. It's yeah. This is just the tip of the iceberg of what I hope it will be one of the best storylines for Ray Wyatt and for WWE. So it sounds like it's almost like he's a mixture of the undertaker and McFoley. Yeah. That that's a, that's a very mm. good, that's a very good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always felt like Bray should have been the next undertaker. I feel like Bray should have been the one to break the streak and not Brock because Brock didn't need it. Um, mm. But Vince fumbled the ball didn't know what he he wanted to have more control over the Bray Wyatt character than I don't know Bray had some great ideas and Vince just balked at them and then he ended up leaving and it pissed off a whole lot of people but now he's back and <sighs> the crowds are just insane um the reactions for him so I yeah I can't wait for Fridays um when it comes to Smackdown now it's just yeah it's must it's must must see TV again must see hmm. i thought i'm thinking like a must like a musty yeah. smell yes must see <laughs> John, uh, uh, yeah I, yeah uh, we we named off a lot of the big ones too and i'm like thinking of you know it's probably some notable moments between the ones that we mentioned like the undertaker it was like pretty much like 
anytime yeah, he was pretty, doing something pretty much like, like like he was he was putting people on he was he was crucifying people he was summoning lightning he was doing all this all this crazy stuff and he's like what's this all sorts of great things to say about him kane kane is probably the the next big one that i think of you know his undertaker's brother uh i would brother. say yeah <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of uh stories with kane that that definitely stand out with me you know the whole like the thing with uh like with Snitsky and Lita and all that, you know, he was, I think, I think Matt Hardy and Lita were, I think we're having their wedding in the ring or whatever. And Kane stopped them from leaving with this like huge wall of fire. I, I remember that. And then even the, the, the stuff with the angle with, it didn't end up working out too well, but I think the angle with imposter Kane. Oh and, yeah. You know, all everything, everything surrounding that date, which I will not say on here nope, and i can't. and i never will can't say it <laughs> I, I won't do it but i don't know why that always stuck with me because it was so <laughs> i just remember that date is just forever ingrained in my brain yep bray wyatt has had some had some i think some moments there are some moments where i i kind of wish i forgot with him mm. like like the stuff with like alexa bliss and like with where she was like coughing Sister up abigail like yeah, where she like coughed <laughs> up like that black goo or whatever. Like I don't, I don't want to remember that. But I think one of the one of the things I remember but best with Bray Wyatt, and it was my first wrestling event back after like a long time of not watching, was his cage match with uh, Brian Danielson. Mm. Well, then, well then Daniel Bryan, and that was when Daniel Bryan, you know, had that face turn and. That was probably the loudest I've ever heard a wrestling audience was that night. I, I had a few other friends that went to that show that was the same boat. Like yeah. they don't, they didn't watch wrestling all that much, but they were like, Oh, it's in Providence. It's cheap. We'll go. We'll have some fun. I remember uh, he texted me afterwards. He's go, he goes, this is the loudest I've ever seen anybody like the entire, like 20,000 or however many the donuts that are had or whatever it's named now everybody was chanting yes with daniel bryan and it was just like watching it on television i was like this is fantastic i wonder how it sounds there and whoo like i kind of of moment i kind of stopped following wrestling around like 2007 2008 ish just like i just lost interest at the time you know those different person whatever uh and then that raw was in was like seven years later Mm. So I, I had not watched the program, the programming for all that, for most of that time. I, I wow. tuned in sometimes, but I remember that brought me back. And Bray Wyatt being in that match is the reason I remember that the most. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Daniel or Brian, Dan, or Daniel Bryan uh, had joined the, the Wyatt family uh, after constantly fighting with Bray. And, and it just, you know, one of those, if you can't beat him, join them things. And yeah, that night was just the turn that he just turned on the family and it was just, oh my God, it was insane. The one, the moment, or I'll say the storyline that sticks out to me was 2003, 2004. This is one of the things that got me into really into wrestling was when they decided it was time to retire the badass Undertaker gimmick. Mm. And it was him and Vince did the Buried Alive match. Mm. Yes. Um, and then WrestleMania 20 came and, you know, he, he returned and wrestled Kane. 
Yes. We got almost like a trick, the tr- like a weird new but yet traditional Undertaker, like mm-hmm. a modern retelling of. And that one always stuck in my mind. I remember I wasn't into wrestling, and we obviously this was pre like network. We didn't have cable. We didn't have anything. So in order for us, we, we never even got to see Survivor Series 2003. But I remember, I remember the promos and how unsettling it was as a, as a like 12, 12 or 13, where it's like, I, I think it, it was just black and white and there was just dirt and it was a shovel. And you say, it's a buried alive match. And it was like, this, like it was just eerie. <laughs> but I remember, and I think about it, and I, when the last time we haven't done one of those in years. It's been a long photos. time. But honestly, I think there's there's reasoning behind it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, there's that. I, I always remain, I don't remember what year it was, but it was the year where Paul Bearer's character died. Um, the cement, the cement, yeah. Like, uh, um, I think that was Great American Bash 2004. Yeah, Taker had uh won the match and he was gonna go save Paul, and then at the last minute, he was just like, Sorry, Paul, you gotta go. And then he lets the cement go, and I was like, ah, I'm Freaking out, is you know, <laughs> god, it's just yeah, that it was it's uh, I love I love random moments that just <laughs> stick in your head for forever. Yeah. Do you have any moments, any moments with like the supernatural or weird that you wish you forgot? <laughs> um, <laughs> probably, you know? the, probably the mummy from WCW. Oh, the ye- <laughs> that was it. The yet, was it, the no, the, it was the Yeti, but I believe for Halloween Havoc, he came out as the mummy. He was all wrapped uh, up. He just went and hugged everybody, and I'm just like, no. You know, you know when I. The zombie, you know, one that I still the zombie zombie. from the first episode of uh WWE's ECW, (laughs) and Sandman just comes out and just kick beats the crap out of this zombie dude with a kendo stick. It's funny that you mentioned that, but even in the in the newest WWE 2K games, they still have a zombie entrance, so it lives on forever. You cannot kill what is already dead. That is true. Do you guys ever ever dress up as a one for Halloween? As what? As a wrestler for Halloween? Oh, no, no, um, I don't think I did. I know that um, that Mark has um, Sam. Uh, there's there's an inf- infamous picture that was taken. I, I believe it was like oh God. It's going to be at least a decade ago. Um, and every single wrestler in that picture is no longer with the company. <laughs> And there was a running, there was a running tally uh, with Mark. I believe he dressed up as like four different people. And uh, that year, following year, they were released from the company. So I told Mark, I said, "You have to stop doing this because <laughs> there's not going to be anybody left." Like I, oh, going back to the zombie, really. Quick. I remember <laughs> he he. <laughs> this is not the time to be laughing like this. But that that dude died for real. Oh, in 2000 in 2015 so i remember this meme from i don't know if it was years ago or what where like somebody brought him up like oh never forget the zombie like the ecw zombie in like the comment section it was like oh this guy this guy died for real and like those comments like oh perfect he can come back <laughs> christ oh no <laughs> it was stuff like this <laughs> it was a mo- <laughs> this wasn't a moment on on ecw television that was great but i don't know it it just sticks with your mind just because it was so what the fuck (laughs) oh man yeah um (laughs) i just remember on tv as a kid and i can't recall anything but i just remember around halloween you know whether it be people were coming out dressed up on the shows or 
I swear I might have seen, I'd have to go back. I swear I've seen a SmackDown or a Raw back in the day where it was on Halloween. Geez, I have to, we, we might have to do a, sh- a series at some point where we really just rewatch. <laughs> Scott's like, I don't have time. <laughs> I can't rewatch all the SmackDown and Raw from the start. <laughs> if it's next year, I have more time. <laughs> I'd love to pull up the zombie clip now. <laughs> but. Have there been any events, pay-per-views that have happened on Halloween? You know, what was interesting is that I was actually looking up. Let me find what I had here. Well, this upcoming Raw is going to be on Halloween. So yes, it will. I expect something. I'm kind of surprised that Rampage being live didn't have any type of Halloween anything. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah, Yeah. no, they didn't really do anything. Uh, even on, uh, I don't know if they'll, well, they, no, even on Dynamite, they didn't really do, do anything. Yeah. Nothing really, no really mention of Halloween, which is surprising. Yeah. So I found a list from Halloween Havoc. It just, I think, I'll just send this to you from the Sportster. It's all the Halloween Havocs ranked from best to worst. Oh, God. <laughs> Would you like to know which one ranks number number 12? Please don't. What? It's got to be 2000s. Yes. Halloween Havoc 2000. Because that was the last one. No, that was, uh. <laughs> Oh, and it gets uh, number 11 is 99. <laughs> number 10 is 98. I think this is, nope, that's not the one I'm thinking. Let me see. 92 is number nine. 95, that's the one with the mummy. Hmm. Number seven is Halloween Havoc 91. Here's a here's a match. The main event saw Lex Luger beat Ron Simmons in a two out of three falls WCW World title match. Wow. Damn. <laughs> Halloween Havoc 89. Halloween Havoc 90. 94. I'm just reading them off in order. 97, 96, and then best one is 93. Interesting. The match card. Let's go through this. Okay. Ice Train, Charlie Norris, and Shockmaster defeated Harlem Heat and Equalizer. Shockmaster. Paul- the Shockmaster. <laughs> Paul Orndorff defeated Ricky Steamboat via countout. Dustin Rhodes defeated Steve Austin for the WCW US Championship. Ooh. Nasty Boys defeated Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Two Cold Scorpio for the World Tag Team titles. Sting defeated Sid Vicious. Rick Rude defeated Ric Flair via disqualification for the International World Heavyweight Championship. And this is the last match on the card. And now this makes me want to watch this. Big Van Vader defeated Cactus Jack in a Texas death match. <laughs> that was 93? Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm watching that today. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to find if there have been any pay-per-views or anything on Halloween, but it doesn't look like there has been. I mean, there's been Raws and SmackDowns and all that, but no pay-per-views from WWE on Halloween. That That's I what I was see. trying to find. It keeps bringing me to Halloween Havoc, and I'm like, no. Yeah. Because yeah, Halloween Havoc was always around Halloween, but I don't believe it was ever on actual on, on the actual date. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like we said, WWE never really had the pay-per-views on Halloween because you're going into Survivor Series, which is always on Thanksgiving. So that that's true. Yeah. yeah. And if they had a pay-per-view, it'd be the very it'd be the very beginning of October mm-hmm. to give you those you know those six weeks to go into Survivor Series because that was always a big event. Let's let me look now. Let's go through the actual. Ca- We're literally using this episode now to just go through a calendar. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Nope. Nope. November. November. Yeah. Mm-hmm. November. I'm in the nine early nineties. Ninety four was the last year they only had five pay per views. That makes sense. Royal Rumble X. Sorry, Royal Rumble WrestleMania, King of the Ring, SummerSlam, Survivor <laughs> Series, and then that's when the In Your House pay per view started the following year. Yeah, which is what it would be. It would be an In Your House event. I loved those so much, and then they started being like In Your House, like Bad Blood. Like then they started developing the actual 
eventual pay-per-view names and just drops the in your house part. But yeah, in your houses were so much fun. Yeah, now I'm looking for the closest in your house of yeah, unforgiven in your house, over the edge in your house, fully loaded in your house, judgment day in your house, rock bottom in no way out in your house. Interesting. St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah, there's very I'm fine. I'm literally looking for the closest to Halloween. And so far it's not looking good, guys. Uh, <laughs> I have a handful. Taboo Tuesday happened October 19th in 19 2004. There's a pay-per-view that should come yes. out. Taboo Tuesday, Cyber Sunday. I I especially in the in the age of social media, how? How do Yeah, we I mean, now that? is the time. <laughs> I mean, I know they rig all these things anyways, and our votes really don't count, but I mean, just yeah. a full immersed show and be able to do that. I think that would be that, that'd be huge. Like, I don't care. Like, Tony, Tony Khan, you want to do that? Go ahead. Somebody from Impact, New Japan, somebody <laughs> run a goddamn social media show. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think we're getting John. Um. This is um this is one that's gonna throw you off. So I thought we were we were close, but I have not found one. I'm in 2019. I was on October 28th. Wait a minute. Nope, I did find one. Okay, I did find one, and I'm gonna read off what I have. Just just the two I have. So I had Cyber Sunday 2007, Hell in a Cell 2012, and there's one other event happened on October 28th. Crown Jewel 2019 happened on Halloween in 2019. Oh, okay. And John, this is one that you and I were at. Hell in a Cell 2016 was on October 30th. Oh, all right. Was it? The, I didn't realize it was the day before. That was the week after you and I came back from Sacramento. Yeah. Okay. I remember now. Yep. That was the one. That was my first ever pay per view I had gone to. And that was the one where we were on sitting there. And Josh, I think it was Josh's first one too. And he's sitting there, not even like five minutes into the first match. Put him in the Boston Crab. Yep. Yep. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> wow i didn't realize that was that close to halloween that's interesting that's interesting there was a lot of bad blood or vengeance or judgment day in your house pay-per-views and most of them had the undertaker on it because what else we have shotzi now that's true thank god yeah i if you were last question that i have if you were to dress up as a wrestler this weekend or monday off the bat for halloween who are you going as or who do you think you could pull off uh, oh boy. I have one. That's because a tough I, one. I've thought about this and I might have to execute this this weekend. So there was a Halloween party that Ashley and I are supposed to be going to in Ebor. And I guess it's like a Beetlejuice and wrestling Halloween. Very, very particular. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I, I mean, I can do a wrestler, but I'm like, who the fuck would I go as? Because now it gives me a day to figure this out. And I thought about it. I thought about it. Maybe I'd put a fake beard on. I don't know. Because you don't Captain have Lou Albano. Captain Lou Ooh. Albano. Ooh, okay. Yes. Oh. Got a wig. Yes. <laughs> you know, I got the Hawaiian shirts already. I got yep. the shorts. I can see it. I can see or it. Or I do a deep cut and I dress up as Captain Lou Albano, dress up as Mario. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, for me, I pretty much have everything there. I can just have to change my hair a little bit. It would be Kevin Owens. Yeah. Yep. That's a tough one. I can't really Heidenreich. <laughs> just so it's just do the arm. Yeah, just do the arm thing. No, I would just pull the E's around and be the ECW zombie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I would do. Just tear up a tear up a plaid shirt or whatever. 
mess up mess up my hairs that's all i gotta do i don't gotta say anything (laughs) does that count (laughs) yeah i didn't say it didn't you can if you can pull it off and make it look decent i mean (laughs) the only one man i couldn't even think what would john who who if i was to oh man i got me thinking i got me wondering no you know you could be i think you could pull it off you just need to dye your hair brown you just need a fake pair of glasses need to be clean shaven and you need a racket oh my god <laughs> I had to put on yeah, put on a few pounds too. He's not that, but the thing is, he's not that heavy. Jim Cornette is still kind of a skinnier guy compared to like. Yeah, now he is. Yeah, you know he's not. He was. He was. He was never. He was never like out. I mean, out, out there. But uh, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let, let let's talk about talk about that for a second. The man is now on TikTok, thanks to Vice. Vice put up. He uh, is. Yeah, Vice put up a, a video last week. I think I sent it to to everybody, um, and how he was talking about uh, just what what draws people into wrestling. And um, I was just laughing. I'm like, oh my god, he's now on TikTok. Here we go. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Wild. Wild. Well, um, I think we've uh, exhausted our uh, Halloween stuff. Unless you guys want to talk about yeah. the gobbly googer right now oh, now not that that's <laughs> halloween but it was a month after halloween and uh, that's good costumes and wants to do that oh we can talk about that next month <laughs> we can talk about that next month yeah <laughs> yeah uh halloween hope everyone stays safe hope everyone has a good time full gear survivor series next topics coming up big discussions but guys if you don't already do so please follow us on twitter at above the ring you can find us on facebook instagram and youtube at above the ring you can find myself as the sob official scott as scotty j stream and john i need to remember yours again john the stat man john the stat man we're on all streaming platforms you can't find us on one please let us know on your streaming platform please make sure you like share subscribe leave a comment leave a review tell people why ship it studio ship it studios there and above the ring on the podcast that you're choosing why they should listen to us as well Guys, thank you so much for listening. Happy Halloween. And don't forget, as always, to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.